Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovation Deciphered. Today, I'm joined by James Stewart of Galliford Tri, and we're talking about his early career or earlier part of his career in Vinci, where he was on a very interesting project in Nottingham. But the bulk of our talk today will be about his work at Galliford Tri, and in particular, the implementation of a innovative uh, improvement to the lifting procedures. So, hope you enjoy the next episode. Good morning, James. Good morning. Thanks for joining. No problem. So, James, just give me a little bit of background. I know before you joined Galliford Tri, which we'll come to in a minute, you worked for Vinci. I did, yes. And you were on a very, well, I'll say interesting, uh, difficult, shall we say, project, which was Nottingham Tram. Yeah. Can you just give us a few reflections on your experiences on that project? Because it's one of those it's it's a legendary isn't it now yeah yeah it was it was an interesting uh, job to be involved in um creation of two new lines in nottingham um design and build job um there's a lot of there's a lot of press coverage of it out there so people can people can sort of pick up the ins and outs of it but um yeah it was an interesting scheme to be involved in a lot of lot of engineering a lot of good engineering on there um, a lot of lessons about sort of structure of, of, of jobs um, in terms of making sure you've got the right resources, the right materials, the right delivery strategy, logistics, uh, traffic management. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really sort of interesting project. Difficult, very, very challenging. Um, it was just it was a design and build job. Uh, very, very contractual in terms of the, um, the sort of finances behind it. Um, very political as well um, with with the client and the the joint venture that we were involved with. Um, a lot of lot of ways to to not do a, a project. I think so. You can learn lessons in positive ways and negative ways of things that you picked up on that were, that were really good ideas to sort of take forward. But unfortunately, there's also ways of perhaps not doing doing those sort of things again. So so yeah, learnt learnt a lot um, on that scheme. Um, I think it aged me um, quite a bit as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a really interesting scheme to be involved with. Yeah, I know because I mean, back in the day, I had a a, a minor part to play uh, before the job was won. Yeah. Uh, probably leave that for another podcast because there's a very interesting story to tell about the genesis of mm -hmm. problem projects. Yeah. But anyway, it sounds. I mean, these what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after Vinci, you went to Galliford. Just tell me a little bit about what when you joined Galliford, what your role was, what projects you were involved with. So I joined Galliford Tri um, just over seven years ago now as a sub-agent um, in, in what was the highways division that's now been recently rebranded as the infrastructure division. Um, been involved in um, all their all highway schemes that, that I've been involved with um, with with Galliford. Um, started off as a, a reasonably sort of smallish job, uh, three million quid's worth of work for Via, so Nottingham City Council. Um, small access road with a, a small bridge. Uh, moved up to um, the rugby radio scheme, uh, which we'll talk about shortly. And recently delivered a, a new junction on the A1 at Grantham. Um, which again features in we'll talk about that later on as well so um yeah a lot of interesting stuff that we're doing at the moment it's a really really exciting time to be to be part of Galliford Tri. and of course Galliford Tri uh, is run by an old colleague of mine bill hocking and 
and it's growing quite significantly, isn't it? It moment? is. It is. Yeah, we've we've recently, as I say, we've had the rebranding into for highways into infrastructure uh, to reflect the the sort of changing world that we're that we're looking at more public realm stuff and um, potentially more light rail. Um, that we're looking at as well. Um, we've recently restructured as well into a third division of major projects uh, to reflect a couple of bigger schemes we've just picked up on. So yeah, so yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. Really, really good times. And there's a couple of acquisitions. There's Morrison's, and there was a there was another one recently, which was a was it healthcare? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, there was. Yeah, and recently that as well was was a. Um, uh, an acquisition into the water division as well, okay, so, so that's right, yeah. that's that's going that's going really strongly as well, yeah. So it all, all sounds like exciting stuff. It is, it is, yeah, definitely exciting stuff, yeah. Time to be part of it. Good. So the podcast is called Innovation Deciphered, and you've got an innovation that Califord has developed over the past couple of years. What was the before we get into the detail of the innovation? What what was the what was the spark? What what was the what made it an imperative to do this innovation? So we had a, a, a tragic incident a few years back on a scheme um, um, involving a bridge beam lift, where unfortunately someone sustained fatal injuries. So we obviously had to react to that, um, and then the idea behind the innovation is to get sort of people away from, um, specifically in, in this case, and in, in, in the examples that we'll go through is, is, is bridge bridge beam lifting. To make sure people are away from um, the beams when they're being landed, so that's that was the kind of driver behind uh, where we've got to. And how we're interested in the process of innovation. Yeah. So just talk me through. Okay, there's been this tragic incident. Then what happened in terms of this innovation? So um, I was involved in the uh, scheme at Rugby, uh, which is a new link road, and we had a, a bridge over the Oxford Canal, um, which was roughly 30 metre span um, bridge. Um, it was on a, on a canton skew as well, so it was quite an interesting structure. And we had bridge beams that weighed in excess of, um, the edge beams 105 tonnes each, and the, the centre beams were 55 tonnes apiece, um, about a metre high, 750 wide. So because of that tragic incident we'd had, we were the first ones to, to sort of go again after that to, 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 to lift bridge beams. So we'd obviously recognised that we were going to be sort of uh, very, very focused on. So that was a key key part of the delivery of that scheme was to make sure that that, that piece of work obviously went, went well. So we started looking um, with our... Um, with our internal temporary works teams as to how we can make sure that the beams are stable um, to make sure that um, when we're actually planning it with the, the obviously the lift plan we, we're getting everything you know as, as, as well planned as we can um, and then that developed a design responsibility matrix which forms part of what we what we call the exceptional lift procedure um, and it's actually quite straightforward, really, in terms of it's just a, a document that plans out exactly who needs to be doing what at what time. Um, and it's making sure that that's robust and the right people are involved. So we've got our temporary works team um, involved, our health and safety team, um, the, uh, the subcontractor that was going to be installing the beams, um, the lifting subcontractor, and the bridge beam designer as well, which is a, a key one, it certainly was at the rugby scheme. Um, so we started to look at the actual beams themselves. Just before we get to that yeah. detail about the particular lift you're talking about, you've created this procedure for exceptional lifts. 
How do you define what an exceptional lift is? Who makes the decision whether so, something is or isn't? Yeah, so, so that's, that is a good question, and it's not the easiest one to answer um, because it depends on each scheme because you've obviously got your your intermediates and um, your, your high-risk lifts anyway from, from, the, from, the, from, the, from the British standard. But we sort of looked at um, this, how, how can we define that to, to make sure we can trigger this this exceptional and it's, and it's it's nine times out of ten we've said all bridge beam lifts will be um, and, it, and it's usually to do with the with several things so one the crane driver might not be able to see what what they're landing because of the actual where the crane's positioned which in the rugby one they couldn't because they were sat behind the abutment um, and, and and the big part of it is the interface that's needed to make sure that the actual what we're lifting is landing in in, in the right place because we've also got to make sure we've got to get these things in the right place and traditionally, people have probably been physically handling those those beams in, into position, which is what we recognise we needed to get away from. So that is the main part of the exceptional. If what makes it exceptional is that there's there's potentially the need for manoeuvring the object being lifted into place, and therefore there's a high risk of potential injury from entrapment and crushing injuries. So and who's Who's responsible for making that judgment to use this procedure? So that is the collective of this initial um, this initial group of people. So it will be the site team, the safety team, the, the, the temporary works team. So it's almost we, we all do it by agreement uh, because there's no point one person dictating what what's going to happen. We, we, we decided this was going to be more of a collaborative approach to, to it rather than one person dictating that because the people may have different ideas. So we've come together to, and that's why it's so important in, in collaboration, because that's if that's how the things are going to get installed. It's going to be our site engineers and, and site team supervisors, our subcontractors, um, operatives off site, and the, the 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 actual lifting team that are all going to be working together. So it has to start together. Is 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 how we looked at it. Um, and 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 so by that initial meeting of this. Um, to go through this design responsibility matrix, that's that's where that decision is made, um, and it's usually you can you can usually have a good sense that it's going to be the exceptional lift because of what it is, as I say, bridge beam, for example. Um, so so we already kind of have an idea that's where we're going to go, but then we discuss it in detail. We look at the bridge beam design as well, because that can have a huge difference in terms of where we go with this. Some bridge beam, as the ones in rugby. Um, were actually when we looked at it, were actually impossible to install because there was that many shear links on the beams uh, because the beams were it designed to be identical. Yet the bridge has got a crossfall and it's also on a camp. Which so if you've got very closely spaced shear links, you physically can't slide the beams down the yeah. each other, and that was a that was that was a big problem. So that's where that's why that that example of rugby is 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 really demonstrated that it's key to get the. The permanent works designer in, um, in into that talk early on, so we can have that influence, particularly where we're not design and build. So, is this procedure then triggered whenever there's a bridge beam lift? Yeah, pretty much. So you're going to use it yeah. in those situations. Yes. In the sort of wider Galliford try, how would somebody? Who's responsible deciding whether or not that procedure is used? Is so, it the project manager or the it, it would who's, be, who's responsible? Who's accountable? So we so it would be ultimately the, the 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 project leads responsibility to make sure that this process is 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 reviewed. So again, 
you'd, you'd like you'd have a say for a, a, a culvert unit or, or another object to be lifted um it, it would trigger that anyway through our through our standard procedures we have a technical review pre-start technical review where sort of we look at the temporary works register because that's a key driver to this um, in terms of stability of objects when they're being lifted or when they're being landed um, so that would identify that there is a potential that we need to actually do a review of the exceptional lift procedure so then the the, the project lead would be responsible for making sure that that review of this procedure has happened and will lead, and that sort of review will either say actually no we don't need to go down this line because actually what we're we've we've sort of risk assessed this and we've we've deemed that this this procedure isn't necessary because it's not an exceptional an exceptional lift it's actually a fairly basic lift or the other way we're actually yeah we need to go through this process because we can see there's going to be some mm. there's, there's a high risk with this lift that we need to work through this process and that's 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 the way that, that, that it works okay sorry I, mean, I thought it was important to understand that this how this procedure is used in practice yep. and who's responsible so in the general case then you you assemble the team that's partly designers installers subcontractors yep. part of your own team what happens then so we again i'll and i'll use the i'll use the rugby scheme as the example because that was that was the first time we put it into practice so it's it was a kickoff meeting where you know what are we actually trying to achieve what the, we work through the risk process of it um and it works quite well um in line with the um in line with the giri initiative which is the get it right initiative um which the citb have, have rolled out which we were part of um we've used that to quite a success as well because that basically looks at um it, it looks at kind of a pre-mortem so you basically what's gone wrong what could potentially go wrong yeah and it's quite a good way of then working back to solve those problems and then for you you look at you basically have to do a risk assessment so so yeah we, we work we work our way through um looking at the issues we looked at the bridge beam design is there issues there that, that that we need to resolve in the rugby case there was so we worked did a lot of work with the scheme designer to to try and remove as more redesign those beams as much as we could um, to try and remove some of the shears to make it easier and safer and obviously possible to install yeah so that's one aspect we worked through and um, we worked through um the, the key bit to that one was there was the temporary that was the temporary works that we that we did um so we we came up with an idea of um, using timber chocks and taglines so rather than um the beams as they land people have to physically move and shove them around we we designed some some hardwood timber chocks which basically guided the beams from sort of half a meter up in the air tag lines to to, to drag them sort of um, longitudinally in its position and then these timber chocks would basically would allow the beams to slide into the position they were prefixed set out obviously before we did the beam lift so that basically eliminated any of the need for people to have to you know physically touch them with entrapment injuries and stuff and that was the key driver behind it so that was the real kind of i guess the innovation side of it um as well as all the the sort of temporary when they landed we, we put a, a couple of um steel cages steel frames um we had a, a service um gap in this bridge so we used that gap to to create some uh steel frames that we were able to strap the beams back to um so i said the edge beams were sort of twice the weight of the of the internal beams because they were flared so they were they were eccentrically heavy so we had to make sure they were strapped back we we bolted some frames to the structure with some jacks 
to hold those those sort of um, those those elongated sides in place to to make the whole thing stable. Whilst we then worked on the rest of the bridge build, getting the deck tied and the rest of it. So so all all that temporary works development was looking at the, the potential of what could go wrong. So this beam, this edge beam, could fall off. How do we stop that? Um, and it's all it's all quite basic. It's all quite basic stuff. But it's that thought process and making sure you've got the right people with the right experience around the table having this discussion, and that's what made the the, the, the rugby scheme a success. The only thing we, we 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 did have was because of the amount of steel in those beams, we did have to um, amend the procedure as we went, which meant that we had to sort of bend the bars on each beam before they were lifted during the lift as well, which wasn't ideal. So, um, but unfortunately, the the bridge design wasn't ours it was one that was it was in, it wasn't a design and build scheme and the approvals had already gone through crt and the local authority so yeah. we, there was a limited amount that we could do to those beams so but we fed that back into the designers um via the the actual beam manufacturers because they're part of this that's someone i've missed out actually they're 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 a key part of this process as well so that they can understand how we're going to be lifting it so they can potentially make any alterations within design parameters or maybe some shims or anything else that they need to be adding onto those beams during manufacture to make app install that bit easier and that bit safer. So so that was the kind of the sort of trial. So we got the beams lifted in um, we programmed five days, we got it done in four. Um there was it was a thirty it was thirty two beams I think in total that we installed on that structure. Um, so we 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 so we we you know there was a couple of things that could have been improved on again the design really didn't help that so we've moved into the this uh, structure that we've built at Grantham uh, which is a new structure on the A1 smaller bridge a little bit more straightforward from a, a beam install uh, there were TY beams so they were quite fairly straightforward decently spaced out no shear links uh, a lot easier um, the challenges on this one is we built this bridge in two halves. Um, Whilst maintaining four lanes on the A1 running yeah. all the time, so it was a top-down bridge construction, which in itself was quite interesting. Um, we did the same procedure again, um, the um, with with everyone that we we'd done beforehand, but this time um, we we were literally able to not have any interaction with those beams between attaching the lifting chains onto the beams and taking the, the, the lifting chains off the beams again. No one actually physically touched those beams between them being lifted off the back of the wagon and detaching the, the, the chains once they were landed in place. And again, same procedure, we used tag lines, we installed um, timber chocks to make sure the beams were all, um, you know, they were in, in the right place, because obviously we've got to maintain the quality and make sure we're getting things you know, bang on in terms of the engineering side of things. Um, and that was, that was a real success again, we saved time on the program because there wasn't this, so it's not in the right place. Lift it up, move it a bit, drop it back down. That we knew they were going to be in the right place because we'd set the we'd preset the, the timber chocks, um, and say so using tag lines as well to make sure we get longitudinally in place. So you get them exactly in the right place. Yep. But is there any adjustment need with shims or anything to make sure they sit? Level we'd, on the we'd already the foundation. On this one we'd already put um, with the, the design on this one. There's they were sat on rubber um, bearings, so they were already preset at the right level. So again, we we knew we knew they were there. We, they were factory, obviously factory manufactured beams. So we know we've got the quality of those anyway. 
um, there's a little bit of tolerance in as, as there always is between uh, between the uh, on the bridge being landed bearings, but we'd we'd preset everything so we knew we were ready for it before we came, and that was again part of that lift re that lift review was making sure that we were ready to go and everything was there prior to um, the beams arriving and under full full A1 closures it was. So this procedure's been proven to be yeah. a success. Was that originally developed on at project level or was it led by some other department in it's Canada? it was it was led by our what we call CES, Central Engineering Services, which is our Data Temporary Works Department. Yes. They they led it, but it was led in conjunction with site. So it's a kind of a, a, a two pronged attack really. Um, so And this proven improved process is that now part of your is it an ims scheme some integrated management it's it's part of our part of our bms scheme yeah, yeah i mean not part of part of our business management system this so that's gone through system. some approval yeah it's still it's still being sort of tweaked but it's it is it is there it is it's integrated there's always improvements that can be made um it's there's you know there's, there's always things that can be improved on as there always is when it comes to safety doing bits and pops like that Finally, you obviously you've mentioned the C word a few times, collaboration. Yes, as being the root of the success of the implementation of this uh, yep. improved safety procedure. What does collaboration look like in Galliford Tri? I suppose it's the key, the key part of, of what we do. Um, really, we we if we didn't collaborate, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in existence. In, in my in my opinion, I think you know we. We have to work with you know our, our clients together. Um, we we do what we call project charters at the start of each scheme. So we look at sort of a list of the behaviours that we expect from each other, um, which probably sounds a bit cheesy, but it really does work. You know we 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 get designers involved with that as well, and some of our key supply chain, and we make sure that we we, we want you know we have to, we're going to be working together. Some of these projects go on for two three years, so we need to make sure that we we're open and honest. With each other, and because sometimes there are going to be difficult conversations to have, be it sort of program related or cost related. So we need to be able to create a, a, a culture where we are able to have those conversations, and and it is and it is about collaboration because we have to work together. It's in no one's interests to for one party to go off on one line, the other party to go off on the other, because then we end up very much in the position like we were on the scheme we started off talking about, um, which, you know. A lot of us that worked, we worked for Galliford Tri worked on that scheme, so we know what happens when it goes wrong. And, and collaboration is is a big is a big part of what we do within GT. Um, and it's it's how we win, you know, repeat work with the local authority side that I work on and the national highway side of the of the, of the, of the team as well. Um, and it, and it, you know we, we all have to pull in the same direction because we're all trying to achieve the same goal. So if we don't have collaboration, then it just doesn't work. James. On that very positive note, thank you very much for coming on the latest episode and yep. thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.